Good morning, church. How are y'all today? All right, as you said, my name is uh, Eric Merriweather, and uh, I'm originally from the great state of Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, those from Memphis will understand that. <laughs> um, I stand before you today uh, from a very humble position. Um, it's funny, uh, there's a saying, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And uh, just being in this position is something I said that I would, would never do, I felt I would never do, but um, Proverbs 19 and 21 also tells us, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Uh, so I will do the best I can to give to you today what I feel God has given to me. Uh, I'm joined today with a host of friends and family, uh, my beautiful wife here, Tempest Merriweather of six and a half years. God is good. God is good. And we have uh, two beautiful daughters, and most of you all uh, know Ariana and Araya. Um, so at this time, what I want to do is uh, just say a word of prayer, if you will. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this moment. Uh, just pray right now that you clear our minds uh, to receive the, the word that you will have uh, for us. I decrease and humble myself as a vessel to be used uh, use my mouth to say whatever it is that you want to say to get to your people. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, I also stand before you as a representation not only of myself but as the men's ministry. See, I was entrusted uh, and had the privilege of co-laboring and serving with our pastor uh, with the Straight Streets men's class. Can I hear the fellas out there? Straight Street. All right, so they've been a great support system, and I can just tell you, um, we, we, we went over uh, the story of Paul and Ananias, or Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus, which we'll touch on today, uh, but it was just a great time building with the fellas. Uh, we really bonded, had a chance to connect, so we do have that coming up for the next fall semester in September, and we would love for uh, other gentlemen to, to join us, and I'll have the fellas come up uh, to join me a little later as well. Uh, now, I'm from the Missionary Baptist Church. That was my upbringing, my background, all right, amen? And, and, and the, the, the pastors, the preachers used to say, I only came to preach to a few folk today. <laughs> right, all right? And so I would always wonder, well, can you let me know if I'm one of those? Because if not... I got a few things I could be taking care of, you know, up late last night watching the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. And then if I don't know, if you don't know if I'm one, if I find out about halfway through your sermon, is it okay if I just get up and tip on out? <laughs> but with that said, my prayer and heart is that I not only came to preach to a few folk today, but that God has something for everybody within this message that I will bring to you. Amen? Amen. All right, so what I want to do today, and, and Pastor talks about the way that we read and study the Bible, is first by observation. That's simply reading through the text. Second is interpretation, which is our understanding of the words that we are reading in my the third and my favorite is application. Because 1 James, well, James 1, excuse me, 22 tells us 
that we are not to only be hearers of the word, but doers also. So it does no good to simply read and not apply what we are reading from the life manual that we have been given. Amen? All right. So today, within this text, I want to highlight a hero. And I'm plentiful on words, but short on time this morning, so I will do the best I can with the time that I have been given. Amen? <laughs> All right. So what I want to do, because as Pastor stated last, uh, last Sunday or the Sunday before, I like to make sure that you have the whole perspective of the word of the story in the passage of Scripture. So if you'll turn with me to Acts 9. And so the hero that I would like to highlight, many of us know the story of Paul and his conversion on the road to Damascus. But one individual that I know for years I have overlooked, but we actually found to be a hero in the scriptures and in this story by the name of Ananias. Amen? All right. So what I want to do, you can read along with me. If you do not have your Bibles, that's fine. You can just listen. But bear with me while I try my best to convey this. And more than anything, I want you to listen to the words that are being sang. We are observing. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, whether man or woman, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone all around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said, Arise. And go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call your name. But the Lord said, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes 
something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he rose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples of Damascus, and after that he went on to be the Paul that we all have come to know. So this morning I come to you with the sermon title of Will You Answer the Call? Will you answer the call? See, many will look at Ananias and look at the situation, and it's, it seems small at first glance or first reading that, but the part that Ananias would play would be tremendous. And if we could go to the, uh, the next slide, please. All right. Next one. All right. Thank you. So in answering the call, these are the things that we must understand and realize because for the longest time, I ran from, I fought, I didn't understand what my call was. As many of you all are probably struggling with that. Maybe. So I just pray that there's a word in this for you. So number one, we must acknowledge the call. Number two, we must leave our comfort zones. Sometimes it's so easy to stay within the realm of what's normal and what we know and what's comfortable, but there can be a lot of times lack of growth and comfort. So we must leave our comfort zones. Number three, we must face our fears. See, we are to have faith instead of fear. And faith rooted in love because we know that love cancels and casts out all fear. But sometimes that's easier said than done. But nonetheless, we must face our fears. Number four, we must experience isolation. See, we don't want to stay in that place, but just as in the scriptures, Christ would often go off to be alone to pray so that he could hear clearly from God, he had to get away from all the noise. Number five, we must humble ourselves or be Humble, because if you don't, God will. Amen. Number six, we must submit. And then lastly, we must have patience. The scripture said that Paul was blind for three days. Just imagine that. Patience. Patience. All right, and if we could go um, to the next slide for me, please. All right, so I want to look at a few things here. And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. It is hard for me to kick against the goads. And then a key, so he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, I'm sure I'm the only person that has ever been through this or experienced this, right? So a lot of times we get, we get calls, right? You got your cell phone. You may be busy. You may not. But someone calls and there's a number or a name on the screen that you may not particularly care for or feel like talking to at the moment. You're receiving a call, but you either hit the ignore button or you simply don't answer. Right? So, just as Paul, who are you, Lord? And then... 
Ananias, here I am, Lord. They answered the call. So again, I ask you, will you answer the call? Amen? Let me define for you, because I'm big on definitions and understanding the actual words and context. So a calling is a strong desire to spend your life doing a certain work or the work that a person does or should be doing. And notice also in the the scripture, Paul was told where he was to go, but wasn't given specifics on what exactly would happen from that point. God doesn't always give us the full picture because mainly we probably could not handle it. So he has to give it to us piece by piece, bit by bit. All right, so the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarsus. And behold, he is praying in a vision he has seen. I want to stop right there. Some of us are looking for direction. We're looking for a vision. We're looking for where we're supposed to go. But there's no connection to receive the message. He is praying. And in a vision, he saw exactly exactly what was to come and what was to happen. See, sometimes God will show you. It may be a year before. It may be two years before. It may be five years before it even happens. It may be three days. But he was praying, and he saw what would happen, where he would be. And so we have to have that patience and trust in God that the vision that he is showing us will come to pass. Amen? And here, then Ananias answered, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here, he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call your name. I think as in class, we identified that there was some anxiety, some fear, potentially, there. Whenever you are called to something or walking in your call, you must face your fears. Amen. (laughs) And what I heard is not in the scripture, but what I heard when God told him that he is praying, I have shown him. He is saying, don't worry. I'm working on him. What did I tell you to do? Amen. What did I tell you to do? I'm working on Paul. All right. Next. We must humble ourselves. If we look at verse 17 and 18, and Ananias went his way and entered to the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you, he had faith that what God had told him he'd seen that he did see it. He sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then immediately, Immediately the scales fell from his eyes. Now, I know that we're in a time where we're dealing with a, a lot of things. There are you know, certain people that we may not want to be around. We may not care for. We may have prejudices or whatever the case. 
And this was a prime example of two different guys, two different places, two different lifestyles. Paul, I think it's safe to say, he hated Christians. He killed, condemned Christians. And Ananias was a Christian. So you telling me this guy has been killing my, our people, my people, your people, talking down about us, has authority from the priest to bind us. You want me to go to him and do what? God says go. You have to humble yourself. And then Paul, he condemned. He didn't like Christians either. But God showed him, I'm going to send the very people group, the very person, the representation of me that you've been condemning to heal you. You know what? And I left off a, a, a minor detail. Does anyone know what Ananias means? What his name means? I'll tell you. So, if you look at the Greek translation, Ananias is compassion for God. Or, God is gracious. Think about that. Look at the state of Paul that he was in and the very person that the Lord chose for this day and time, this purpose, season of life, to go to this man, to show him, to lay his hands physically. See, Paul had been hearing from the Lord. He showed him a vision of what was to happen, but sometimes you got to have something tangible. You know, you want something to hold on to. Sometimes a word may not be enough. You need that touch. Ananias was chosen to show the grace of God in the flesh to Paul. Amen? He may have felt that his purpose was small. But if you look at who Paul is, what that did, and where and what he went on to do, Ananias served as the grace of God and compassion for God to Paul. Amen? All right. So at this point in time, I know I, know I was wondering for a long time, like, okay, what... What is my purpose? Why am I here, Lord? What am I supposed to be doing? I do not want to go another day and not live the life that you have called me to live in purpose, on purpose. And so these are just a few things that through study and wise counsel that I've derived. Identifying your calling. Number one, what are your gifts talents and unique abilities because God has all given us something. He's all given us something. Just think about it. They're supposed to be used. They're used for his purpose, all of them. You don't sing. You don't dance. You don't, you don't draw. You don't speak just for yourself. It isn't just for personal satisfaction. It's for others to give back what God has given to you. Amen? <laughs> this was a big one for me. I think my wife was actually mentioning some months ago there was a famous ball player that uh, was asked 
you know, so how does it feel to be a, a, a billionaire, millionaire? You know, when you get to that, that pinnacle, what, what is that like? You know, we, we, we want to know. And he said, nobody ever tells you when you get to the top, there's nothing there. I used to struggle with greed. thought more money would make me happy, right? When I got to the point I was making the most money I had ever made in my life, I was the most miserable I had ever been in my life. Now, for me, or for you, it may not be multi-millions or billions. Whatever that true wealth, when you can do what you want to do, go, what you want, go where you want to go, whatever that is for you, you don't want to get to that point where you chase money. And I'm in, I'm in the financial industry, 10 years, 11 years in. You don't want to chase money for 10 15, 20 years and get to that point where you feel you've arrived and you still feel that emptiness inside. So what would you do even if you weren't paid for it? If money is not an issue, it's not a factor, what would you do? Take money out of the equation. That is where you will find true satisfaction and fulfillment. Third, what world community issues are you most passionate about? The rapper The Truth said in one of his, his songs, your greatest frustrations are a problem that you are here to solve. What are you complaining about? What gets under your skin more than anything? World issues, community issues. There are many. Pick one. Look outside these four walls. So much going on. And something gets under your skin more than anything. And it's like it just... It's a fire inside of you. You just, you just wish it would go away. You wish it wouldn't be that way. Well, maybe you are part of the solution. Maybe you're part of the solution. Next, what is God consistently saying to you? What is he saying? Because the world is loud. <laughs> it's loud. And God often speaks in a soft, still voice. That's why most times you need to get in isolation. Get off social media. Turn off the TV. Turn off the radio. At least at some point. Get in prayer. Listen to God. Because he doesn't stop saying it. We just block him out. And then lastly, you have not because you ask not. Do you really and truly want to know why you were put here? It will cost you something, but do you truly want to know why you were put here on this earth? Simply ask God to reveal it, and he will do that. Amen? So at this time, I would like to ask the men of Straight Street to join me. going to stand down with the brothers. Love these brothers, man. See, I wasn't one growing up to, to feel it was okay to cry or tell another man you loved him. Now I understand that's, that's a lie. 
I love these brothers, man. We've talked, we've bonded, we've laughed together, we've cried together. And what we want to do at this point is we were all put here for a purpose, right? And so what we did over the last couple of weeks is we identified why it was that we are here, what our purpose is. And so we're going to share our purposes with you. And we just ask and challenge each one of you if you do not have a purpose vision statement, personal vision statement. If you don't know why you're here, that's some time you need to spend figuring that out and coming up with your own. Amen? All right. So my personal vision statement is to serve as a willing vessel to live out and minister biblical principles while exemplifying the love of Christ to my family, church, and community. If you could uh, just state your name and then read your statements. Sorry about that. I thought I was going last. Uh, <laughs> Thank, thanks a lot, Brother Eric. Appreciate that. So you come up last. Uh, God said the, the last would be first and first would be last, and he just showed us. Uh, Ron Walker, and uh, God has been speaking to me about to share, his, to share the love of God with his children. That's, that's what he's put on my heart to be uh, a voice for the young ones that can't speak for themselves. Uh, my name is Danny Zavro, and uh, my mission statement right now um, and calling this season of my life is to finish my Bachelor of Science degree in nursing and travel abroad to help other and serve others. Uh, my hope is to be an effective follower of Christ. My name is Josh Mullen, and my calling is to help people understand the law, how the law applies to their situation, and the best ways to avoid unnecessary risk. My name is Brian DeHigo, and I have a passion for small business and entrepreneurs. And in taking uh, this class with Eric, um, I've discovered that my mission statement is connecting small business owners with their community by providing advertising solutions. My name is Jeremy Harvey. My mission is to be a companion, a mentor, a friend, a big brother, a helping hand to risk a youth. Uh, my name is Bernard Pollard. Um, my calling is to uh, serve the church and, uh, in, in whatever way possible um, and uh, to, to help the youth. Um, you know, I know growing up, you know, just the youth being there, um, that's my calling is to just engage with uh, teens, uh, you know, youth younger than that. Uh, and so is there. My name is Clifton Robinson, and my calling involves helping others see the something within the nothing. Um, my name is Baraka Patterson. Uh, my calling is to mentor men 
through the process of strengthening their spiritual walk and maintaining their sexual integrity. I'm also called to coach singers that have positive message in the music to increase their vocal range and to help men's groups improve their harmony. My name's Atarius Collier, and I'm called to be the Lord's mouthpiece in the earth, to speak truth, to open the eyes of the blind, to heal the sick, and to break the yokes of the oppressed. My name is Dominique Raleigh, and my purpose statement is to lead my family and my community to Christ by enforcing and upholding God's law and follow the government's law as well. My name is John McClung, and my calling right now is to pursue a bachelor's in computer science to develop my skills and talents so that I'll be ready for whatever God has for me next. My name is Peter Noble, and my calling is to help those in Haiti that are enslaved to help find freedom. My name is David Robinson. In this season of life, my calling is to build and grow a business to engage and expose our youth to business practices and encourage them to pursue their own enterprises. Thank you, gentlemen. Give the man a hand. Amen. All right, now, as I close, and I've I'm, I'm just been very blessed and fortunate to be um, it's chosen to be a leader among equals. And I serve and labor among some great men, and for that, I'm very humble and fortunate. And so with that, every business, every job, corporation, nonprofit, organization, association that we work for has what? It has a vision statement. Every single one. This church, other churches, has a vision statement. Why? So that we know where we're going. And then you craft a mission within that to determine the steps that you need to take to get to that vision. And I don't want to see a show of hands, but how many of you all, how many of us have a vision statement for our own lives? Amen? So we, as the men, step up and take that step to lay out our vision and what that looks like. So in closing, just a few more things. Question for you. Are you living or are you simply existing? Huh? Are you living or simply existing? And the statistic that came up on the Robinson's video earlier had, you know, 70-80%. That 70 to 80% also reminded me that most people within their day-to-day occupations, professions, careers are miserable. They hate it, right? See, I, I don't and do not accept the fact that you have to go your entire life doing something that you hate just to get by and pay the bills. 
God has given you those giftings, those abilities, those talents to use in a way that can generate income for you and give you true fulfillment and purpose. It's been about a three-year run, and my wife can tell you I struggled for years. Ever since we've been together, I never knew what I was supposed to do. I was just existing. It wasn't until the last 12 months that I have truly started to live. 31 years old. I wondered if I would go my whole life simply existing, never living. But I serve a God. All right? Some of you probably feel like a fish out of water. Fish out of water, right? A fish is made to be in the water, to to be free, to swim. But some of us don't want to take that leap. We don't want to move, right? Has anyone ever tried to steer a car while it's sitting still? Where do you go? Nowhere! <laughs> All right, so I think a lot of times we, we, we want God to show, show me, God. Let me just, just show me what I'm supposed to do. He may not always show you the full vision every time, but you need to be moving so that he can steer you, amen? Can't steer a a parked car. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Every role, as Pastor said last week, everything that we do is sacred. Every role has significance. And I came across something a couple of days ago that I want to share with you, and I will be on my way. All right? Consider a pebble. Because a pebble is a, a small thing, right? Very small. Seems to be ineffective. But... When you drop a pebble into a pond, ripples spread out, changing all the water in the pool, the ripples hit the shore and rebound, bumping into one another, breaking each other apart. In some small way, the pond is never the same again. It's by Neil Shusterman. So Romans 12, 4 through 8 says, For... As we have many members in one body. But all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy. In proportion... To our faith, our ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. liberty, He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And I will end with this. If I could get the, the final quote on the slide. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. Nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could only do a little. As I mentioned, there were a lot of of problems out here. What if Pastor Chris didn't take that step to start Strong Tower Bible Church? It's just a small thing. For those that don't know, Pastor has told us, I'm just going to have a small black church. No, that's that. That is what Pastor thought it was. It was a small thing. And what if he said, 
I mean, it's just a small thing. I, I, can't, I can't do this. Just as many of you, you may feel that your purpose, your calling, your position is small. But don't let that stop you. Don't get analysis paralysis. So nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing because he could only do a little. The God we serve is great. If he's called you, he's also equipped you. So I say have the faith, love, and move into what God has for you. Because nobody's going to do it better than you can. Amen.